the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 6.08 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And as I promised you at the beginning of our show, I I wanted to have a conversation with a young man that I'm impressed with who um, happened to cross my path a couple, two or three weeks ago. And his name is Todd Davis. Um... And he happens to be in studio with us today. So we're going to have a conversation about something very important. And it is the upcoming local elections for schools and the school boards. And this one will particularly be about the Hayward School District. And for those of you out there who are part of the Hayward School District, and we know we got a lot of you out there, I want you to think about with me as we transition from my opening monologue around the importance of children being trained up uh, in the ways of God and, and what the future holds for them, how important your kids' education is and um, how important your being involved in that is relative to forging the best education they can possibly have, specifically if you're dealing with public schools. And that's where I and Todd are going to have a conversation. So, Todd, it's good to have you in the house with us today. Thank you very much, Pastor Gustav, for yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Todd, is, um, he's, he's a local homegrown grown dude, and we're going to just have a dialogue and conversation. And I want you to hear, uh, you guys, what I, I heard from him. So, Todd, do me a favor. Tell, tell, tell us your story, man. Tell us um, a little bit about your background, your history, where you're from. Right. And uh, and how we how we are where we are today, man. Perfect. Thank you. Born and raised in Hayward, attended Lauren Eden Elementary. Yeah. Uh, from there, went to Palmasia Christian, and from there went to Hayward Christian School. Okay. Um, from there, graduated and went to Moreau High School. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In between there, took a couple classes at Chabot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Participated in what's known as Upper Bound Mesa uh, Saturday School, yeah. as well as uh, attended some classes uh, through the Saturday School summer program at UC Berkeley while I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, attended UC Berkeley while they're working with multiple organizations to a mentor either incoming freshmen but also mentor those who had not yet reached high school or who were in high school and needed some help with direction. Right. Um, along with that, participated in with the Big Brother program for over 10, 12 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I thought it was my duty that if I was blessed with the opportunity to attend UC Berkeley and had seen the process of, if you would, directly, that I passed that on. Right. And so I wanted to pass it on with someone um, directly day to day. Uh, and I also helped out with tutoring, if you would. We, we uh, tutored him and the young man in math and English, as well as utilize those same skills with, as I said, organizations on the campus, mm-hmm. whether it was in workshops, whether it was helping him with their essay, whatever it might be. Um, and so I attempted to use the skills that I had gained and the experience I gained to help others out. Let's say about 
eight to ten years ago, I began work with the NAACP mm-hmm. Youth and College Division. I was a co-advisor. Mm-hmm. We had the head advisor at the time. And while working with those students, um, and it was a, it's Hayward-based, started learning about some of the issues that were happening in Hayward. And when the youth group said to me, hey, we have some problems, we want to work on them, I, I said rather glibly, that's okay. We can easily handle those problems. We'll work with your parents work with your your teachers, and work with the school board. One of the things that we try to instill in them within this group and what I've always tried to instill with every uh, student I've come across is that they are young leaders and that they can take action on their own with support to make change. Right. So we began attending um, the school board meetings. I should say, because of my work schedule, I actually had to watch them first because my schedule at the time didn't allow me to attend the meetings. And then later on, I attended the meetings and (laughs) I had never seen meetings like that before. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were not what I expected. It wasn't as professional or civil as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. There were times when board members um, would have clashes with each other publicly or they might have um, animosity towards people in the crowd. And I didn't want Two things. I didn't want those students to think that that's how a board meeting was supposed to be ran. Mm-hmm. Secondly, how could I tell them that they can make change if I wasn't willing to get involved? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question yes. about that. Um, <clears throat> from the time that your early formation and development educationally drove you into a college pursuit that maintained a kind of indebtedness to the downline. We call it the downline. Uh, Whenever we are, you know, experiencing upward mobility, we would definitely want to pass that down to the generation coming. That somehow within your uh, excursion through high school and college, you just maintained a conviction that you need to to, um, expose and help younger people that led you to uh, being obligated to to find out what's going on in their school district that they are not being helped. I I marked how that in your youth division of the NAACP, the young people called upon you to say, "Hey, man, we need some help." Right. And then all of a sudden, you found yourself um, observing because you can on special channels uh, hear school board meetings. Right. Because I listen to them frequently on the radio because gotcha. they'll be on really bizarre channels. Right. But you can hear them. Right. And uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, some school boards is kind of an infighting thing that goes on that that is quite remarkable to listen to in terms of the issues not being addressed, um, sometimes a lack of decorum. Uh, and, and a lack of um, progress in the issues that really end up impacting kids. Uh, I, I heard this in, in areas of Oakland, um, some parts of San Francisco. Uh, and conversely, I will say this before I, I, I ask the question and then we'll take a break and come back. I have heard and observed some really good school districts having civil having rational, very constructive, and productive dialogues around what the kids need. Unfortunately, they wouldn't be in some of our more needful school districts. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? I so, do. So I was like, whoa. So it appears to be that in, 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 in the school districts where uh, the incomes are formidable, uh, there's enough resources there, the the teachers are informed and the students are getting their needs met. Um, lights on. 
there's a corresponding factor between the kids' needs being met and a well-functioning school board. Would you would you would you make that that that, that draw that conclusion as well? For some of the school districts that surround this area, I would say yes. Okay. Um, but I also think it, it is based or determined by the dedication or the commitment of individual school board members to make sure that they hold themselves to a certain decorum. Right. Because Hayward School Board wasn't always in that state. Got it. Um, but when you have members, and I, I'm the first person to say I love passion. Sure. But if we don't have passion channeled with temperance, then it goes out of control. Um, so I, I love passion. Let me answer something really quick. Mm-hmm. The indebtedness that you say or my devotion to the indebtedness, I, I can't really take credit for that. That would have to be my, my parents. Got it. Um, my mother has been involved in the civil rights struggle since she was a teenager. You know, she marched with Dr. King. Mm-hmm. Um, my father has always demonstrated that same dedication, whether it was um, patronizing uh, black and brown businesses, mm-hmm. whether it was giving to people on the street, mm-hmm. whether it was, I, I remember some of my friends, their, their cars may have broken down and he took the time out to check on them, see if he could fix it. If we, let's just say we had to call AAA, he was in that state of mind. And so I learned from them this idea that no matter how many degrees, and, and I don't know if I mentioned it, I, I gained a political science and a rhetoric degree, Amen. but no matter how many degrees you've gained or how much you've have a mass and income and we were by no means rich um, or necessarily affluent, but it wasn't, that's not what makes you important. And that's not what gives you class or even value, but what you do for others is what determines you. And I should say, should demonstrate your character. And so if your character is based on what you have and what you wear, then that's not the type of person they raised me to be, but it's what you can pass on to someone so that they can not only improve their life, but improve the community. Absolutely. And, and I, probably what I was saying when I was talking about how I listened in on different school board interaction and engagement was not really around, um, you know, passion versus an absence of passion. I'm a very passionate person, too. People who know me know that. Right. And, and I, I think that can be a plus when it's employed in a very constructive way. Right. Largely what I was saying about the connection between um, school boards and outcome is the importance for the school board members individually and collectively and yeah. to remember I agree. that it's about the kids. I agree. I, I right. agree. Right. I, I think it, especially within our district, um, Hayward that is, that there have been multiple decisions made that have either left out what the what the parents would like, their input, or actually how it's going to benefit the kids. It might sound good on paper, mm-hmm. but I think there are times when our school board needs to collaborate more with our teachers and more with our parents and ask the students their input. Because when we say it takes a village, that includes everyone in the mm-hmm. village. Mm-hmm. And by not um, – by not not just addr- not addressing something, but by not including everyone at the table, then what you, unfortunately what begins to happen is that your lens gets so small that even though you might have the best intentions, the effect is not as productive as you want it to be. Right. So what we're going to do is take a break. But this is going to be the question that I'm going to ask when I come back from the break. And I, and I think you already begun to answer it. You swayed into it. If we don't have a viable relationship between school board members who are who have sworn in to do well by the students, a viable relationship between themselves in connection with the parents of the students and therefore the students um, uh, there's going to be a breakdown somewhere 
and intentions never ever flesh themselves out into quality outcome. Does that make sense? Right. So I want you to speak to that a little bit more um, practically and pragmatically relative to, you know, what you would do and want to do uh, in the upcoming election. We're going to take a break. This is Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, You guys just enjoy the conversation. Enjoy the dialogue. Here is the way in which I want you guys to to um, to take this take away from our conversation. And that is um, if I'm in the Hayward School District and I've got kids in the school district. Or I may have had kids in the school district, or I may have not, but I care about my community. Um, is the conversation that Pastor Jesse is having with Todd Davis about doing um, as best a job we possibly can for our kids in the Hayward School District worth me responding? Uh, in my civic duty as a voter um, to make sure the right persons are in there in order that the kids benefit from it. That's a question we want you to think about and the reverberating benefits that come out of that over the next 10 or 20 years. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I'll be right back. All right, we're back. The time is 624 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm talking with Todd Davis uh, about um, our Hayward schools, but schools in general. However, this particular dialogue really is targeting our brothers and sisters and um, co-citizens in the Hayward area because an election is coming up here real soon for Hayward School Board. And Todd Davis is running for um, a a seat on the board, which I want to kind of press into a little bit uh, right now, Todd. Um, Tell tell our audience um, what we are addressing in terms of a timeline between now and 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 voting uh, for school board members and and, and what are kind of the. the factors going into it, uh, just in case they don't know, just in case we you're not aware, those of you in the audience, of the importance of making sure that you participate in local um, elections as well as the the state and, and national elections. Local elections are very important, particularly in the area of the school. Now, we'll revisit this toward the end of our conversation. But when um, when is voting to occur? Um and uh, what would you instruct people to do if they aren't aware of it, where to go, what they can acquire to be ready to and uh, be poised to vote if they are interested in this topic? So we vote for the school board along with all the other elections on the same day, which is November 6th. Right. It's the first Tuesday in November. Right. You can – I advise people to go to the Alameda County Registrar's Office. That will confirm or they can confirm for you or – Put you in the right direction to confirm where you're registered, A, if in fact you're registered, how to register, and what polling place is closest to you. I'm glad you brought this up in the sense of what are the factors. Because for me, it's not about just me winning. Of course I want to win because it's I believe I can make the best change. But it is about bringing that positive change for those students. If you look at Hayward's uh, test scores, they range – depending upon who you ask, between 30 and 40 percent in math and English, which means it's an overwhelming majority of our students, at least based on state standards, that will not have the tools or the skill set to compete on a local, let alone a global level, with, let's just say, people or students in surrounding areas or anywhere in the state. That's one thing. And 30 percent for math and 30 percent for ELA, roughly. Here's the other problem. We know that there are skill sets that are slowly but surely vanishing. 
I would say in the industrial arts, carpentry, machinists, uh, welding. We have an ROP program in Hayward, but I would like to see it expanded because every student is not going to college, at least not right away. Now, I went to UC Berkeley, and I'm going to tell you flat out, I, I want every kid to go to college, but that's not their interest, and that's fine. Right. But let's make the industrial arts more accessible to many more kids. Like I said, we do have ROP, but for some students, if it's not on campus and not readily accessible – Aside from the fact, out of sight, out of mind, also transportation purposes. Now, let's explain yes. for our audience what ROP is. Yeah, so ROP, in in at least the way that I look at it, is is it's an alternate or almost trading vocational training right. that will help propel you into apprenticeship, journeyman, and and if you would, jobs within, as I said, vocational and trade uh, services. Right. In uh, engineers, forgive me. Um, Machinists, uh, electricians, carpentry, say plumbers, sure. mechanics. Sure. Um, these are the type of things ROP plans uh, will train you for. Extremely needed jobs, jobs where were the slowly, as I said before, vanishing, but also jobs that are well paying. Right. Um, I mean, everyone's car is going to break down at one point. Right. We're all going to need a plumber at one point. Right. You're going to need someone to help build the house at one point. Right. Um, and so. This, for me, is an area where a lot of our students would benefit for those who, who don't really have college aspirations, first off, or who are saying, I can't afford college, right. but I want a good-paying job because I want to take care of my family, and then I have aspirations of going to college later. If we can expand some of those programs, put them back on the school site, because they used to be on our school campuses, sure. put them back on the school site, now that gives, our, like I said, our children an opportunity to be much more competitive. There are school districts that have already done this, whether it be in Union City, whether it be in Berkeley. I've spoken to, I mean, I don't want to just throw this out there, but I've been endorsed by Alameda Labor Council, and I'm endorsed by the Building and Trades Council, and I've spoken to the representatives. Right. They are hungry to come into our district, right. because many of them have come from the same area, They've come from that same mindset that, A, I couldn't go to college right away, or B, I just didn't want to go. But I want to give back to those students because I know that they can benefit the same way they did. Right. Let me throw something else in. It's the 21st century. Now, all of us have phones. Many of us have laptops, desktop computers. Compu- the use of computers is almost integral to life. Sure. Why do I mention that? Well, there are several jobs you can do. Software programmer. You can be coding expert. You yep. can be an Intel analyst. Yep. These are jobs that don't require degrees, right. but they can pair you with companies that will later on say, hey, I like the work you've done. If you want to go to college, we'll help pay for it. And for many of people like myself who went to school, you amass a huge amount of debt. Now, why do I mention that? Well, why don't we partner more there uh, with these with these companies? Hayward is, is I'd say, lucky in the sense that, um, or fortunate in the sense that why they have many biotech firms. I'm not suggesting that we haven't partnered with them already, but I'm saying we need to expand those programs. That's what I got. I I got from you that um, there are um, elements of that occurring. That certainly has been a conversation that has occurred in my hearing, Todd, over the last decade. The importance of these kind of what we would call blue collar jobs that used to be um, prominent in our culture in the 70s and 80s. When I went to school uh, a thousand years ago, um, carpentry, um, electrician, um, plumber, um, uh, AC and heating. Um, all of that was kind of fundamental as uh, a requisite for um, for graduating in preparation to going to trade school if you wanted to do that. 
I think somewhere down the line we we lost that um, that that segment because we moved into a kind of high tech world that that basically neglected this group of people that you're speaking about that I'm interested in that you're talking about needing to have a bridge between high school and college. This should resonate with every parent with multiple kids because all of our kids will not either go to college or finish college to not have the option of being able to begin in high school with a viable trade that can from high school move them into work. And as you said, prepare them for college economically so they can offset the cost of, um, you know, college uh, uh, loans, which is a massive, massive problem uh, for for students. I know that on a firsthand level. To me, this should be uh, a direction that all school school districts should go into. So I appreciate you and praise you for that kind of uh, thought emphasis. You're, You're not only wanting to go into the school board to be on the board, but to fix what you recognize is a substantial problem on an immediate level for kids who don't fit that ideal uh, uh, prism of graduate with a 3.0, 3.5, 4.0, and then go to college and, uh, and, and do four years, et cetera. I think it's going to become far more of an issue uh, than, than, than it is now. I think at some point this is going to be almost an absolute necessity. Well, and it's interesting you say that because let me add to that, and, and I appreciate how you've already thought about it. Let me add something to it. Let's say you're destined to become an engineer and architect. And you're, and you're going to go to college, but you ha- haven't had that spark yet. Many yeah. times yeah. these classes – and in, in Berkeley, we call these classes electives. Many times right. these classes serve the foundation for that spark. Yep. Arts programs are similar. Yep. We just signed in the visual arts and, and performing arts uh, program, um, if you would, Bill, but it's more of a program for City of Haber. But why did we sign that in? Because we understood that kids, to a certain extent, they need to be rewarded with their interests. You're, after you go through your traditional studies, your mind needs a, a, a break. Yep. And you need to be able to explore other areas. Yep. Those other areas, many times that you explore, will enrich what you've already done, but they will also open you up. It, it, I, would, I would say this, and I'm, I know I'm going to bridge this too, and so if it gets confusing, please help me clarify. But let's think about someone like Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Went to Harvard, we know. Mm-hmm. Dropped out. Now, I'm sure some of his professors were like, this isn't. He isn't going to amount to any to anything sub, uh, substantial because um, he dropped out one of the best schools in the nation. Yep. Yet, look what he did with what his passion, what he had. Now, he had some support. As we know, his father was a lawyer in one of the top firms in, in Washington. Right. I want to be able to provide that same type of support for all these students, at yeah. least to give them the tools to do it. Yeah. We don't know how many um, – Software programs that we've lost. Right. We don't know how many how many plumbers who might come up and design yep. something that will innovate the whole industry. Yep. And it's not just plumbers. Like I said, mechanics, sure. machinists. Sure. We don't know how many of those guys. Not only will some will work and that will be their job. Others will work their way up. Yep. And and from journeymen and, and um, supervisors to even to the to CEO or somewhere on the board. But we need to give them the tools. Now, why why did I mention someone like Bill Gates? Because Twofold. A, we know he didn't go all the way to Harvard. He may have he may have uh, completed later, but we know that he did his program, this software program, and another interest, and now he built 
Microsoft, multi-billion dollar industry. But here's something else I think is important. He gives back. Sure. His foundation has given back to multiple organizations. And I believe that part of why he gives back is because he had the ability to explore his dreams. Absolutely. Now, so I, let me let me put it out there on that on that level. Now, let me go back to why I think it's important to, to, to vote and to address this issue of what else we think is what else I think is important. If we don't provide the tools and the skill set for many of our youth, it's not just about losing them. They're, they can possibly get jobs. There will be low-paying service-level jobs. But what we're doing is we're not meeting the obligation that every trustee is, is endowed with. Um, and, and what I mean by endowed with is if you sign on to go to the board and you run and you win, part of what you're supposed to do is provide the necessary resources and tools so these kids can be productive. But also you provide the tools, I believe, to make them critical thinkers. We need to make them independent. And it's not just independent thinking, but provide those tools so they can, they can become independent in their personal and public lives. How do we do that? Not just by providing jobs or providing that option, but also by giving them a well-rounded, comprehensive education. That includes the industrial arts. That includes the technical arts. That includes art and programming. Because the belief is if you allow a student to explore these these multiple areas – they can come up with something, many of them, not all of them. Like, I didn't create something new, sure. but there were people who did create something new because they were given that opportunity. Sure. And the reason why I said it again, and I know it may sound redundant, is because I think we've lost this idea, at least within uh, education in a sense, that we are not here to just socialize them to be cookie cutter, to go to a job nine to five. No, we're here trying to create young leaders. Absolutely. What I want to talk about when we yes. come back from the break is how to um, uh, articulate that in the concept of cultivating their potential, because that's really what you're talking about. Cultivating their potential. Because the, the human spirit, the human person has uh, untold potential. How do we help cultivate that in a young person? How do we help cultivate that in our high school students, our middle school students, so that they can become um, radically contributory factors in our society um, at a healthy level? That's what I want to talk about. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about that and how important it is for you as parents and as citizens of Hayward and anywhere else to play a role in facilitating and advancing this. And then we're going to close with um, Todd just talking about the passionate need for us to um, view and think about the responsibility of getting persons like himself on the board so those opportunities can be given to our kids. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan with Todd Davis. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back at the time, 640, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to Jesse Gistan talking with Todd Davis uh, about um, impacting our kids and cultivating all the potential that lies within them. So I'm talking to parents, Todd, who are listening, mothers and fathers and grandparents and single moms and single dads. And even I know, because I happen to be privileged with being the pastor for these two hours every Monday now for many years, teenagers, young people. So this is a wonderful farm. So visualize um, us just chopping it up with Bay Area people from Hayward, Oakland, and all abroad. And we happen to be talking about a passion of yours 
uh, relative to your moving on out into a political expression. Because a lot of people will have con- uh, concerns and cares. Like people listening will want to support. People listening will want to be involved in different ways. But they're definitely not going to get into the fray of politics. So what I want to I want to talk about as we um, um, are are speaking to vision and speaking to um, um, aspirations and speaking to possibilities with regards to our downline, uh, which I'm thoroughly enjoying, by the way, is um, your your moving towards being part of the school board. How how. What are you putting together? Let's let's talk about your endorsements. Let's talk about the people that are supporting you. Let's talk about what you need to 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 cross that bridge on into it. So, and I'm glad you asked that. Let me go back to the first thing you talked about: how to cultivate potential. Yeah, I, I let me use you as an example. You're a pastor. I don't know if you saw yourself on the radio. No, never. But I'm sure someone gave you an opportunity Absolutely. to be on the radio. Absolutely. And then from there, once you got on, you noticed that you connected with right. people. Exactly. And, for, and once you gained that connection, then it worked and it succeeded. But if they had never given you an opportunity, now why do I mention that? Because I think that's how you cultivate potential. Agreed. You put before the teenagers, you put before the student at multiple ages many opportunities, many choices. Because they're going to be faced with choices, unfortunately, good or bad, whether we give them the, these options or not. Amen. But we want to put through them choices that will benefit them. Right. I don't know if we I don't know if I'll ever be president, right. but I do know that one of these the kids inside the Hayward School District could be president if we can spark it. Amen. So what do we do? We bring in we bring in um, broadcasting. Yeah. You know, let's just say that we start off with broadcasting. I myself, if I win, I, I go to the schools and I let them know what does a school board uh, trustee do right. for many people. And for, especially for kids, simply seeing that person in the flesh and getting to answer questions will spark them. We, we know what um, Bill Clinton told us. He said he met John F. Kennedy and he believed from that point that he could also be president. Right. You know, just by being face to face with them. Now, why do I bring that? Because we cultivate potential by, at least as a school board trustee, going out to the schools in the proper format and, and sitting in on classes and speaking. We cultivate that potential by bringing in multiple speakers. Business owners, people who are part of the community, members of, let's say, Google or Facebook who work in in different areas in different sectors. We allow them to speak to our kids, and then we open up programs that can address their interest. From address their interest, excuse me, from whether it's it's we've already mentioned carpentry and things like that, but whether it's coding, whether it's broadcasting, but we allow them to talk to people who've already done these things. There are, there are multiple businesses in Hayward and owners who would love to be able to pour into a young person yeah. and all they have to do is be invited. Yeah. That, that's one thing. Now, why do how does that connect to my run for uh, office? Well, there are people who poured into me at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. As I said, my mom worked mm-hmm. heavily in the civil rights um Era, if you went to the right sector, mm-hmm. if that can be considered a sector. And she continues this day as president of the Hayward NACP. Yeah. So she poured into me. My yeah. father also poured into yeah. me. But then they brought me around uh, councilmen and mayors. And so I was exposed to it at an early age and, and thought, you know what? Even though I always wanted to be a lawyer and, 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 and in all honesty, a judge, I thought to myself, you know what? They can do it. I can do it, too. And here's the thing. They told me that I could do it. Too. Right. right. And, and I think that's also how you cultivate by telling your children they can do it and then putting them in a place where they have that opportunity. And it's as me as a trustee, I, I should be that one who opens those doors up. We know we have parents who work two, two and three jobs. And I'm about to tie this back into schools. Sure. Two and three jobs. 
one of the things they, they don't want to have to think about is what their child is doing after school. Right. So for me, one of the programs I want to institute is or um, implement and expand. We already have pro- tutoring programs, great ones, but we need to expand them. Many of the classes are impacted. There, are, there aren't enough seats for these students. So we need to open them up to more students. Wow. And then I, what I want to do is remove some of the requirements because some of the programs have GPA requirements. Right. I don't want a, 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 stu- a child or a student who's under a 2.0 or a 2.5 not to get the help they need. Right. Because the the idea is that, well, if they haven't reached a certain GPA, then they don't care as much. We don't know why they haven't reached that GPA. Right. There could be several factors. Right. We're going to open those doors up. But but then this is what I want to add to make it a little bit different, to, to even um, enrich that. Let's add a caseworker component. Let's add somebody there who not only helps them with their homework, but can help chart where they see the weaknesses of that student. Hopefully we can we can see a trend sure. and then we can feed that not only to the parent, but we can feed that to to our district and sure. say these are things we need to add to our curriculum to address these issues. If we can find that trend of where the students are falling apart, I'll say our test scores will rise and their grades will definitely improve. Right. Profound uh, in terms of the way you're thinking, Todd. We're going to take a break, then we're going to come back and um, and tie it up. Uh, the wonderful thing about radio is that lots of people get to listen. But time flies and, and, and actually introducing ideas, fleshing them out, working through the, uh, the variables of those ideas in terms of uh, people having new thoughts, people having different ideas. You have encouraged a lot of parents right now. I can tell you that now. And it's only because um, they're being exposed to a person who actually wants to take their job as a school board uh, uh, a member seriously. Uh, so that is a benefit right there because as you're talking about, the kids need to be exposed to variable uh, possibilities of work that does not require four-year college exposed to it. Parents have to be exposed to this conversation because there's a big gap between the parent's desire for their kids and their knowledge of what the purpose and potential of the school board and its members are to be doing to help their kids. You can imagine, along with me, that if they don't know what the school board should be doing and don't know what they're doing, they are at a major loss when they're spending all their time working and don't necessarily see the benefits and opportunities for their kids. So we're going to take another break, and then we'll close out on this last segment. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. If you're a Hayward person listening in and you want to make a comment on it, you can give me a call, one 367 Love to hear from a parent. Love to hear from a school teacher as to what you think about Todd Davis, who is running for the Hayward School Board, has to say about helping our kids. one 367 2-9-1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back 651 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. If you did want to call in and uh, ask Todd Davis a question about the Hayward School District, the Hayward Schools, or him running, you certainly are welcome to do that. one 367 Three six seven five three two nine. If anything, what I want you to do, particularly if you live in Hayward, I want you to think about how your vote, if you haven't voted, uh, vote, if you aren't registered to vote, 
um, go down and register. We'll repeat that data here in a moment. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm endorsing Todd. I'm, I'm not in the uh, Hayward School District, but, you know, um, we can support our brothers and our sisters who get involved wherever they get involved. I wish I could vote for all of the school districts, to be honest with you, particularly now, Todd, that we're talking, because while I have had my... Um, my ear to the pulse of schools in terms of their conditions, uh, because as you know, our church is actually on a high school premise, um, and it's a school of the arts. And we actually do the graduations for them every year in terms of um, audio and monitoring and, and the facility there. Uh, and I have seen how their approach to helping high school students, because it's kind of an alternative school. Right. Um, prepare to, to graduate, go into vocation, or go into college, starting with JC, and how important that is. I've seen some outstanding young people at Sunset High School of the Arts um, uh, flourish when somebody gave them an opportunity at music, gave them an opportunity at, at like you said, um, uh, um, uh, electrician or computers. And many different other fields that I think we need to make sure that we don't neglect our kids' uh, potential and capacity for. That's why I'm enjoying this conversation that you and I are having. Not that it's just a kind of beeline to getting the grades up, you know, meeting that standard, and then maybe going to college. That's a path for some. It's not a path for all. So with about five minutes to go, how would you, what would you want to say to leave our audience with um, some thoughtful uh, ideas and, and some motivating ideas by which they might translate from what they hear to going out and voting for you? So, so first off, if you're not registered, call the Alameda County Registrar's Office and get registered and find out your polling place. Can you register online? You you can also. Okay, I just wanted to yeah. say that. Yeah, and and normally I would look it up and give give the web address, but they it, can get, find it gets it. long. But yeah, I always suggest calling because then you're going to speak to a live person. They Got can it. not only give you the information, but they can email it to you. Got it. And there, then you'll have a reference uh, if you were a soft hard copy. Sure. The, the second thing I would do is, and it's difficult, especially with the way that our economy is, and people have to work two and three jobs. But, but come to the school board meetings. Mm-hmm. Listen to exactly the policies that are being implemented and how they directly affect. Go to your PTA meetings yeah. at, at the different school sites. Um, for those who do it, I applaud you. For those who don't, try to get more involved or or connect with parents who do. Yeah. So you can figure out, okay, for example, expanding that tutoring program. Yeah. Looking at your... I mean, we are going to look at our children's grades, but now thinking about how does the tutoring program affect it, would it affect it if it's expanded? Can your child get there? Um, and if not, working with that school to make sure that wherever the program is, A, that your child can get there, then B, that they have a, a place. Right. That, that's a couple of things. Sure. Um, and sure. also then just coming to different events, and I'm sure people do this, meeting your teacher and, and keeping up with the uh, parent-teacher meetings. Um, because a, a connected parent uh, will definitely improve their chances, improve their chances of their student's success. We, we already know that. But also, I say going back to the school board meeting and letting our school board know what exactly you would like to see. Mm-hmm. I think, as I mentioned before, I've been to multiple meetings where – you know, the head of the teachers uh, union would say something to the effect of, I want to collaborate more with this board. I don't think that we're collaborating enough. Right. And I've seen it time and time again. I've seen teachers say the same thing. This is what's going on in this, in this school. 
we need changes. I'm coming out to you because I want to see a change. Right. And and I've I've seen parents do the same things, especially those part of our special needs program. But I also want to throw one more thing out. As a school board trustee, I think it's imperative for a place like Hayward where our success hasn't been what it should be in a long time, that we do um, multiple things. We not only reach out to community stakeholders, not only reach out to teachers, not only reach out to parents, but this is what we should also do is if we were running any other business and we have, I think, the best commodity, which are our kids. Sure. Why don't we look at other districts and right. do a study, do a comparative and contrast, see what works, see what hasn't worked, right. and look at a similar demographics and similar size. We're going to have to come as close as possible because Hayward's probably one of the most diverse areas. But look at what they've actually done to improve things and then see how we can implement those things. That's something I would really like to see happen, especially if I get on the board. We've had too long of a time where we just haven't had, as I said, the success we need. And part of it, I think, is because we haven't looked at other places and said, okay, what is it you did to improve? Now, you know what I'm going to do? Because we're getting ready to wrap it up. I think we've got about a minute to go. I'm absolutely amazed at everything that you said. And I'll tell you why. Um, You didn't sell yourself. You didn't make, you know, voting for Todd Davis the issue. You actually were talking about uh, the things that our schools need from a parent standpoint, from our children's standpoint. As if you are already a school board member and really wanting them to hold the school board member, uh, school board accountable for all that they can do. That was absolutely phenomenal, uh, Todd. So what I'm going to actually hope that you will have an opportunity to do with me is come back in the week before um, and, and we can codify some of these ideas. And then I'm going to definitely have that time reserved for audience engagement, because I want to know personally from today um, how many of the people that are part of this Monday program have resonated with Todd Davis and the issues that are needed for the school district in Hayward. Yeah, Oakland needs it. You know, all the other school districts need it. We're not cutting them out. The person in front of me is Todd Davis. Uh, he needs uh, your support and wants your support if this matters to you for the Hayward School District. And we'll talk about this again, I think, in about two weeks. So pray for him. Pray for his success. Uh, pray for this young, single African-American brother who is an anomaly in a lot of ways, but cares about the whole of our culture, uh, black, brown, white, and, and everywhere else. But he wants to work in Hayward. So let's keep him in our prayers. Um, This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you guys all. Uh, And until next time, uh, keep your eyes on Christ and uh, let's walk by faith and not by sight. Bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.